FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. The listeners of this podcast are its main driving force. If you would like to support FGC Hollywood, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as leaving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, enjoy the show. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. Don't put that in the podcast. Don't put that in the podcast. I don't care how fast you get canceled. I don't need to be in that. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 14. My name is Max Pleiser, and joining me today is our always rotating third seat co-hosting is Broken Wing Broken, my man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just had a Christmas where I got, was it $200 for Christmas? Hey, nice. So, there you go. I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. That's pretty awesome. I got like 50 bucks from my grandparents. I can't complain either. I, there you go. I don't there really go. expect to get gifts. You know, when you're 27, you're like, like, hey, you're an adult, especially if you don't have like kids and stuff. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm 25 and I was just like, <laughs> I went to my parents' house because it's like, oh, I got to go to my parents' house. Right. Because they're going to yell at me if I don't. My mom looked at me. She's like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, what do I want for Christmas? I don't know. Socks. <laughs> She's like, I'm giving you $200. I'm like, that's better than socks, but I'd still like socks. <laughs> you can buy socks now, though. That's good. Exactly. Now, before we get started, uh, Broken, again, I appreciate you. Similar, similar to like episode 10. I appreciate you filling in, especially last minute. It seems every time I call you, you're like, in case of host malfunction, break glass for Broken. <laughs> and then you come in to save the day for FGC Hollywood. So I appreciate you coming on for, for Pringle. He had a little last minute thingy, so he couldn't make it. Also, it's, it's a bummer that every time he can't make it, they're like big shows. He missed episode 10, which is a big episode. Now he's going to miss the last episode of the year. But here you are filling in. You're like the big episode host. I guess so. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, honestly, big, big episodes usually have like a, a special host or something like that. Not to say that Pringle isn't special. It's just, it's a joke. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to let it rock. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's fine. It's, you know, life happens. You guys obviously covered for me when I had to go help my dad. And it's all good. He'll be back, hopefully, on episode 15. And if not, we'll have to break the glass again to, to get you in here. And for all we know, it's probably going to be another big episode. But yeah, this is the last episode of uh, 2020. So I appreciate you being on here with me. No problem. And what better way to end 2020 than with another disaster? <laughs> All right. So today is a special episode because we're going to do our own fighting game awards. So that's going to be fighting game topic of the week. And then we got a bunch of sales. Oh my God, that's, that's going to suck to read. We got all sorts of goodies. But uh, let's start off with the uh, number one bullet point here on the podcast show notes. This is the final podcast of the year. How did we do... I can't really say, because obviously I've hosted most of these, I can't really grade us, but I figured you would be a good person to grade us because you're both a listener and you're a participant. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm usually a guest participant. Mm -hmm. I think um, it was pretty good, honestly. I enjoyed every episode, something nice to have while doing my things to do, like washing the dishes, taking my my brother and sister to like karate and stuff like Every time you guys had your video, it was good. I like the dynamic between you and Pringle where like you keep, because I, I remember I, I even quoted it whenever it was me and Pringle, like you keep everyone down so that that way the episodes, the videos <laughs> don't go so wild and Yo, off topic. Was that a backhanded compliment if I ever heard one of myself? <laughs> 
wasn't a backhanded compliment. It's, it's, you know how in comedy there always has to be the straight man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Exactly. So I, I appreciate that. Like, I like the dynamic of Pringle is is super into it and energetic, and then you you kind of bring him down to keep the, everything going smoothly. Yeah. Um. That's I, I embrace that role of kind of just keeping the train on the tracks. Uh. Yeah. That's that's kind of like what I wanted. That's why I picked Pringle to uh, co-host the show with me, and I think you filled probably his side of the role probably more so than a straight man as well so that's why i think uh, we work pretty good as well but uh, yeah i will say i don't know if i commented on that when i did the show right after your guys' show but uh, you guys are wild you guys just went off <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> what are you talking about but it was funny it was it was good with 13 percent of the people that like that type something on that comments being like, Oh, Mac was on another video. Time to instant dislike this video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They hate me for some reason. You know what it is. I think when you have a straight man, straight man aren't, aren't, they're not supposed to give their opinion early. They're supposed to forward it to the funny people or the people with a more so like electric personality and have them give their takes. But because I'm half of the show, most of the time I give my takes as well. So I think people don't really like that, which is whatever. Like, I don't care if this is my show. Y'all can stay free. But I do find that, yeah, every time I bring up a topic or bring up or have an opinion, <laughs> people are just like, no, which you know, it's all good. That's free speech. That's, you know, if you dislike the video because I'm on it, that's absolutely fine. Oh, but yeah, uh, you're right. People in the comments, let us know. We're obviously last show of the year. Uh, let us know how we did. If you want to give us a grade, F, C minus, A, go ahead. If you want to give us a score. 7 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Oh, by the way, we did get our first ever ever review. Oh. We got one in the books. That's, that's good to hear. I honestly, the more you get of that, the more you can see how much people disrespect you. Mm -hmm. Keep it coming, BB Tag fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> not just the BB Tag fans. I feel like a certain community, because look, I'm not going to say it because I'll embrace you all, okay? Oh, if you, yeah, you're talking about VTuber yeah. community. If y'all wanna, if y'all wanna put Mac on a spike, look, I will, I will defend him and say, look, he's not that bad. Okay, bring him down from that <laughs> spike. Okay, calm down, folks. No, it's all good. Anyway, I put out a poll on YouTube, and we got about 145 total votes to see, just kind of the gauge, right? And I wanted to talk to Pringle a little bit about this too, but you could give your input as well guests on fgc hollywood i just gave him two options i was like do you want to see guests on fgc hollywood and the resounding result was yes we had 87 percent people who voted said yes 13 percent no, said no but a couple of the comments said yes we want guests but perhaps not every week make it on occasion but not the standard so we'll see i'll, I'll bring that by pringle see what how he feels about it I would like to have maybe an occasional guest. I like the way we run the show right now because it does have a structure. But uh, having an occasional guest, especially if it's like a good one, it'd be nice to have like Obama on or something like that. Oh man, Majin Obama. I would love to. You know, here's the thing. If you have Majin Obama on, there's going to be a section where literally it's just let Majin Obama tell a story mm -hmm. and then just let him go wild. Yeah, so it'll definitely be an offshoot episode. It won't be like the regular episode. We'll see. We'll see how Pringle feels about it. We'll see if we can even make it work, you know, how scheduling is. Now, that leads to, uh, normally we answer questions at the end of the show, but since we're talking about this, Zio on Patreon asks, when are we getting Mike Ross as a guest on FGC Hollywood? I don't know, Zio. That's, that's like my number one guest that I want to get. You know... I found that this new crop of FGC people, right? Because they're, 
I don't want to call them FGC Zoomers, but you know, they're the younger crowd. They came up with BB Tag. They came up with Dragon Ball Fighters. Post, you know, the Excellent Adventures days, post the Cross Connor days, they don't really know who Mike Ross is because he hasn't been around. But for us semi-Gen X FGC people or whatever you want to call us, boomers, we know who Mike Ross is. So we know like what he meant for the FGC. And I would love to have him on because I think I spoke about this before. The one time I saw Mike Ross on a podcast, it was such a wasted opportunity. I won't name the podcast that it was on, but it was uh, just a waste because it was his first appearance ever since leaving the FGC. And he came back and it was just like, oh, my God, this is how this is what you talk about when the guy has so much more to offer. So, yeah, I would love to have Mike on. I don't know how to get in touch with him because... Every time he streams, he's on Dota. And what do I say? I don't really have an email. He doesn't have Twitter. So I don't know. Maybe if people who listen to this, who know Mike or who, I don't know, can get in touch with him, tell him, yes, I am absolutely interested in having Mike Ross on FCC Hollywood. I know Pringle is a big fan. So if we can make it happen, I will definitely try to make it happen. To be fair, you know who we really need to have on this channel? Who? Spooky. Spooky. Spooky would be good, too. Spooky has been the legend, the myth. The... He's like the American version of Jonio-san, you know? Yeah, he's been carrying a lot of the, uh, the behind the scenes for the FGC for a long time. Uh, number three on our little list here is Discord recruitment. Dude, I messed up last week. So I didn't know. I guess I made two links at some point, And the link in the description for our Discord was... No pun intended, it was broken. <laughs> it didn't work. So, or it Trust expired. Me. Trust me, it's all good. It's <laughs> all good. You know how many times people make a joke about broken and then they like, they hear that I'm on the channel and I'm like, oh, uh, so what I meant by broken was, and I'm just like, I get it, I get it. Yeah, the link was expired. So that was my goof. I, I had the, the poem ready and everything, but I didn't have a working link. So I apologize. Uh, the, all the links in the YouTube versions of this podcast, every single one has been corrected. So if you want to join the FGC Hollywood Discord, please do so with the working links. Let's get on with our FGC New Year's resolutions. So we both have, I think you have a couple, or no, I have a couple more than you, but we'll alternate. So my first New Year's resolution is finishing my uh, seventh console generation review list. I'm only three or four into like 26 <laughs> i've done a terrible job of reviewing old fighting games because i want to do this project where i review all of them and then i crown in my opinion what was the best fighting game for that generation so for the 360 ps3 wii generation and uh, i have to finish that project because we're already on the ninth console gen and i don't even have the seventh console gen games done so but in 2021 i want to get that review list done so that's my New Year's resolution number one. What do you got? Uh, start working on my video essays on getting into the FGC. I've been uh, I've been talking about it a lot, and I I kind of started work on episode one, but uh, I just want to make it a consecutive thing where basically I I every week I write a topic on fighting games, you know, how to get into it, what you sh what your steps you should do, because I think honestly there isn't a lot of videos on the basics of fighting games or what to do if you've never touched a controller in your entire life and i think that there with when there's a void is there it should be filled by somebody and i'm, I'm trying to do that you know hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that my where am i at 
my number two is similar to yours, actually. I want to do more fighting game analysis videos. I actually have one that I'm working on. I know I'm, I think I'm somewhat known as only like a podcaster now, but uh, that's how I started. I started writing and I want to get back to writing FGC stuff. So similar to yours. Okay. So my uh, second New Year's resolution is I want to try new fighting games to get a better perspective on all fighting games. So I kind of do this. Like I give games that I, I know I'm not going to like. Back when I had a lot of money, I would buy games I didn't like just so I can get, like I could try and see if, oh, maybe this version of the game will be good, you know? But at that at that point, I wasn't really trying. I was just buying it because back when I was in the Navy, I was that guy that everyone knew was the FGC guy. So I'd buy games just so that that way, when it goes to a party, when I go to a party, just so that that way someone will have that game they want to play, hmm. you know? So I wasn't really playing those games. I was just kind of like just buying it just so that that way someone has it for the party. But I think I want to try new fighting games to get a better perspective and not become the FGC boomer who yells at clouds and says, back in my day, we had a bar, and we had, you know, clashes and we had third strike parries that had three frame links. And I, I don't want that. I just want to. Is this about me? No, I, I no, feel you. Is... <laughs> um, I have a question. Have you ever gone into a game with a mindset where it's like, I don't like this game? Have you ever flipped? Like, have you gone into a game saying, I don't like this game, and by the time you've tried it out and played it and finished playing it, where you're just like, actually, that wasn't too bad. So I'm probably going to get hate for this. But when I first saw them fighting herds, I had a perpetual hate for it. Like, I hate Boner. I was like, I don't want to play a goddamn... You're not the only one. A lot of people have preconceived notions of that game. I don't want to play ponies. Yeah, exactly. Because the thing is, is that I... So, I don't know. I used to sometimes watch My Little Pony just because, like, my sister... Back back in the day when my brother and sister would watch TV and I would just have to casually watch what they had to watch, I would have to watch a lot of My Little Pony. And then I just got upset. Because I was just like, I hate this show. I hate this show. I really hate this show. And so, like, it, it, like, I saw tournaments for it, and I was just like, eh, no. And then one day, I guess I was at my brother's house, and I was joking, like, my parents' house, and I joked to my brother. I was like, hey, you know, there's this game that I have called my Them Fighting Herds. You know, it's, it's basically a My Little Pony game. And my brother actually lit up, and he was like, yo, let's play that game. And I was joking. I, I didn't actually want to play it. But, like, I I decided, you know what? I, I guess we could play it. And, like, me and him playing that game was fun. And I was just like, you know what? I got to give this game more credit where it's due. And so I started playing it more. And I was just like, you know what? I like this game. I'm sorry. I had that preconceived notion. Yeah, I don't think you you have to be sorry. A lot of people, I know one person in particular that still has a preconceived notion and refuses to try that game. And uh, no, Zio, if you're listening, it's not you. It's somebody else who I've known for a long time. And that game is baller. I really like it. But they won't play it, even though they own it. Like, they got it, and they just won't play it. Like, so I think somebody gifted it to them. And they refuse to play it. But that game, it's, it's super fun. I will add something there for you, because uh, it's a good thing that you had the cover-up with your sister watching uh, MLP. Because, listen, Broken... You can't be a brony and a VTuber at the same time. That's just too much. No, I don't. I'm not a brony. I'm going to tell <laughs> okay. you right now. Okay. I'm not a brony. My third New Year's resolution is to sink 
100 hours into a new fighting game. Now, the 100 hours, that's more of an arbitrary number. Uh, Broken, I don't know about you. I think you've played a lot more fighting games this year, but this has been, 2020 has been my least played fighting game year since I came back to fighting game around 2012-ish, 2011, 2012-ish. I've, I don't think I've put in 100 hours in any, in combined total uh, this year. And it's, it's sad. I See, I didn't have a game this year that I really gravitated to. I, I fell out of love with a lot of fighting games this year. And it really showed in my playtime. So next year, I would love to try to sink my teeth into something new. And really give it a lot of time and dedicate a lot of time for it. To, to just play and try to understand it because I want to get back to the groove of playing fighting games, not always just covering them and talking about them. Like I want to get back into the trenches. To be fair, I'm going to say that next year is going to be an excellent year for getting into fighting games. I think so too. There's going to be a lot of new games coming out. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. All right, I guess it's my turn. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to work on improving my channel and my audience and my my image so what i mean by that is basically i'm trying to i don't know become somewhat like of a fighting game figurehead you know like i I just want people to just come to my channel and be and chill relax and then to understand that oh hey he's the he's a fighting game representative but i want to be one of those fighting game representatives that isn't good at fighting games (laughs) so that way other people who aren't good at fighting games feels like they have a chance to play fighting games and that they don't have to be the master of a game to get into it, you know? I think most content creators that aren't pro players are trash at fighting games. I'm along the ride Mm -hmm. with them. I'm in the trenches with them in the trash cheap. Yeah. Most of us that talk about fighting games on the internet are terrible at them. So I think, uh, yeah, you definitely have a chance. Now you say improving your audience what exactly do you mean by improving your audience basically i just want to have more people to check to see who i am okay all right so oh yeah i guess i have just one more left and that is i want to to more fgc hollywood tournaments we've done one this year it went fairly well right we had a couple hiccups there with streaming and uh commentary volume levels and it wasn't run as smoothly as I wanted it to, but it was the first one. It was fun. That's, you know, the most important thing. But That is true. It was fun. Shout out to me passing out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was fun, and it was like a cool little community event, so I definitely want to do those more. I want to be more prepared for them. So, yeah, I, I don't know how many I want to run next year, but definitely more than one. <laughs> so... That's my, right. that's my last one. Try going for a monthly. That'll help yeah. if you go for a schedule. So Yeah, I think a monthly would be really cool. Having kind of like an online FGC Hollywood-focused uh, tournament. And uh, obviously, it would have to be rollback netcode. Of course. We got Welt next year. Should have more games to do that with. Hopefully. Keyword fingers crossed. Should. I got my fingers crossed for KOF, okay? KOF 15 doesn't have rollback. I'm going to cry. I believe one six I too twenty twenty one. One six. Shout outs to me telling you that I, you were incorrect with your name. By the hey, way, hey, technically, okay. Listen, I want to correct your incorrection because I was correct. They just came in and debated me with new dates because originally it was one seven. Don't you forget? And then all of a sudden, the guy comes out and he's like, "Actually, it's one six and one seven. So they changed it on me. It's not my fault. <laughs> 
Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just Fair saying. Enough. But no, you you were you were on top of it. They did change it from 1-7-2021 to 1-6-2021. So uh, we're getting KOF news and trailer even sooner. So that's that's good news. That is good news. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me, I let love me this go one. first on this one. Bold FGC project predictions for 2021. We both have two. Or no, you have three. I have three and you have two. Okay, so yeah. I'll go first and I'll say that the Ruby game won't be popular, even if it has rollback in it. And people will find a way to bitch about the game, one of them being that it doesn't have crossplay. Now, you forgot a big caveat there is that we don't even know if it's a fighting game yet. <laughs> we don't. It could be a beat em up for all we know, right. but it's still not going to have crossplay. It still applies. Yeah, I was going to say it still applies, even if it's not a fighting game. But uh, if it is a fighting game, I mean, yeah, it would be nice, but people will definitely bitch about crossplay. Indeed. Okay, I'll start with my tame one, and I'm going to say Project L does not come out in 2021 and has no beta. I don't think we're going to hear, as much as we heard about Project L in 2020, I think we're going to have a repeat of that in 2021. That's a that's a pretty tame yeah that's a pretty tame thing. I think that uh, I think that Riot Games wants the Nick No Cannon Brothers to not have anything to talk about until that game has like I want to say most of the cast mm-hmm. because that game that game has. Let me look at how many people are in League of Legends currently. One hundred and forty-one. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't see it launching with uh, one hundred and forty-one characters. To be fair, they need to have uh, the they need to have the original cast. Well, not all of the original cast, but the most popular of the original cast, the most popular of the new cast in it. So there's a lot of characters that they have to kind of like put in there that everyone knows. Like if they don't have Ari, which I saw her in the in the trailer, yeah, so don't she's worry, in. she's in. But if they don't have Ari, if they don't have Misfortune, if they don't have the ones in the music videos. They don't need those. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about League they of Legends. They don't need those. You can actually you could actually have a base roster without anyone from KDA and no one will bitch. Okay. I think they'll come out with like 20 characters base base roster and then they'll do I don't know if they'll do season pass. I think I I think they might actually I don't think go they're going to sp- do yeah. season pass. I think they're just going to do a battle pass and then they're basically going to make it where it's the same way it's structured the same as League of Legends where basically yeah. You can pay for everyone. You can pay for one champion, or you could just pay, uh, or you could just play the game, and they give you blue essence, and then you just you just buy them that, for playing the yeah, game. Yeah, that's what I anticipate with that game. I think it's going to go a different directions than what we know from the norm. That's the more exciting thing for me with that game. I don't know how revolutionary it's going to be with its gameplay, but I think with its model, it's going to be interesting. I think that the gameplay wise is just going to be. What was that game called? Rising Thunder 2.0? I th- I'm going to give it more credit than that. I think it's going to be more polished than that. I think it's going to be a little more innovative. But to be honest with you, I see Project L closer to Grand Blue Fantasy Versus than Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 5. That's a, that's a, that's a good, fair, fair enough statement. Yeah, I, I could see that too. But we'll see. I mean, again, I don't think we're going to see anything about that game in 2021. But if we do, obviously, I'll be wrong. But uh, like you said, I think they're going to be super polished. They're going to be almost ready with that game before they come out with any news, beta, anything about that game until they're absolutely ready. They're not going to be like Cyberpunk. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that it's a fighting game. And that's why they don't want to they want to be hush hush about it because they know that 
with it being a fighting game, they're not going to get as big of a, an audience. They And they also know that the fighting game community is very, like, starving for anything. So just just them announcing that it exists is already gaining, like, traction. So they don't have to really do anything to keep our attention, like, with other communities. Yeah, and for, our know? first impressions are so big, too. Like, I don't know how you think about this, but I think first impressions for fighting games can make or break that game. Unless they have the name Capcom on it. Even Capcom, I mean, MVCI, I don't think has ever been the same. Even after it stabilized, when you saw Chun Li's broken ass face, that game died, like it lost That's something. True. Well, I'll say this: it wasn't MVCI's Chun Li's broken face that killed the game. It was Bandai Namco literally next minute saying, "Hey guys, Dragon Ball Fighters exist." That killed marvel uh, well i'm sure it had a play but i don't i don't know because marvel is marvel right that's when's marvel like it still has that that it game does, was just but... the game came out <laughs> just so bad it came out so bad that it didn't even get a nomination at evo the same year it came out that's how bad that game was i i always find it hilarious bb tag Ugh. had two years running at evo and didn't even come out yet <laughs> That is, uh, well, Samurai Showdown was the same thing, right? Well, I mean, Samurai Showdown, people know what that to expect, but BB Tag, no one knew what to expect from BB Tag, and it still had a nomination. Yeah, I, you know what? I'll give BB Tag credit, and I know we're going on a bit of a tangent, so we'll go to your next prediction. But uh, BB Tag's uh, two Evo finals, I don't, I, you know how I feel about BB Tag. I think that game is hot garbage. But uh, the finals, actually, at Evo, I did find them pretty entertaining. Although the one guy that ended up winning turned out to be a creep, I think. Hopefully, hopefully mm -hmm. I'm not. Okay, am I right about that? Because uh, yeah, you're still right. Okay, you're still okay. correct. I, I forgot what happened, and I I try not to think about everything that happened this summer because <laughs> it was Shinku so... Shinku Hunter. Yeah, that whatever guy. you want to call him, he is still uh, he is still is he MIA? A creep. Okay, <laughs> he's not MIA. He's please stop being in action. Please be MIA. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I thought his set, you know, despite when you want to think about the person, I thought his set against the other guy he fought was uh, was pretty good, and I don't even like that game. So that's one thing I could say good about BB Tag. But anyway, we've gone completely off track. What's your second one? King of Fighters 15, while having rollback, will still get dunked on because now Cross plays a new hot, talk, hot ticket. So SNK on the 6th and the 7th will be like, guys, we got rollback in King of Fighters 15. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. And we're all going to be happy and super happy. And then you're going to go on Twitter. And within three minutes, they're going to people are going to bitch about how no one said no one talked about crossplay. And then because right now I can tell you that people are already saying that without crossplay and rollback, that game's dead, which is stupid because Latin America and China and Russia and like all of Europe all love SNK. Like they don't need. SNK is so big, it doesn't need America and it doesn't need Japan and still has a world audience. Don't forget the Middle East. Yeah, of course not. They also go in hard. So hard they own the part of the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't, if the game has rollback, you will find a match, okay? The game will not be dead on release after a month. You'll find somebody if it has rollback. But people will bitch about crossplay because it is a, it is a value of, it isn't something that is like a, a novelty. It is something you should ask for, but it isn't something that's going to make or break a game. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You, you know, now that I look at it, you have two predictions that involve uh, people complaining about not having crossplay. Because uh, what happened was, is that while we were all on, while we were all on Sajam's freaking war, war parade about rollback, the, we were all sleeping. And then someone from Crossplaya came up and said, hey, Rollbackia, we need to stop that war because we've won the war. Now we have a new war. So we were all sleeping on Crossplay. Now Crossplay is waving its arm and now we are on a new war path. I don't think we've even won the rollback war yet. Okay, so to be fair, we haven't won the rollback war. It's just that Japan now knows that people want it. Yeah, that war is still definitely ongoing, and I think next year is really going to dictate whether or not uh, we can stick the flag in the ground or not. <laughs> I think the flag will literally be put on the ground next year. I hope so. And the reason why I say that is because at that point, if a game doesn't come with rollback, it's going to fail. Like, not enough people are going to buy a game without rollback in it next year. I think that the we have asked for rollback for so much, and we've been punished so many times that now people are just going to tell you don't buy this game don't buy this game casuals know about rollback at this point so yeah yeah well good luck to phantom breaker omnia <laughs> <laughs> that game is so cool so it's gonna die within its first day i feel bad for that game it's it's you know it's not even out and you know the writing is on the wall for that one it's like it really doesn't have a chance it doesn't no whales all right my final prediction for 2021 and this is the the hotter of the takes i'm saying Mark my words. It is December 26, 2020. It is 7.32 p.m. King of Fighters 15 will be the best fighting game of 2021. Stamp it. All right, folks. You heard it here first. 7.32 p.m. at 12.26, 2020. Max Spicer has stated King of Fighters 15 will be the best fighting game of 2021. <laughs> SNK, please don't make me regret what I just said. <laughs> no, I'm going to die on this hill. I'm okay. I've, you're gonna die on this hill got yeah. it got it all right so my prediction my final prediction this is a hot take guys dragon ball fighters new patch in january will not have a nerf for ui goku ui goku will still reign supreme and even with baby and in, in everyone's new team ui goku will still be in everyone on everyone's team that man it will never get nerfed i'm sorry but for as much as we bitch about how UI Goku is top tier, he will not get nerfed. He's getting the Johnny treatment. He's going to have a buff, I bet you. Just uh, just a question. Where do you see that game as far as its life cycle? Because I kind of see I it think towards this is the, the last end. season. And yeah. I think that after this season, they're going to make Dragon Ball Fighters 2, and that one's going to have rollback. Because I think that everyone everyone's kind of seen it written on their walls. This is going to be the final season. Yeah, so... Uh... Like what you just said there, buff UI Goku. I don't think that's terribly terribly a bad thing, especially if it doesn't affect like the long term. Like if this was season one, yeah, it would be a problem. But I mean, towards the end of a life cycle, and you kind of saw that with Street Fighter V as well, let, just let it rock. Who cares? Just let it rock because the game is getting older and it's probably going to get replaced by like what you said, a sequel with perhaps better mechanics and obviously better netcode, hopefully. So yeah, let it rock. Why not? Just nerf, just don't nerf anyone, buff everybody, make the game crazy, and let people have fun. <laughs> I like that. Give it the Omega treatment. Yeah, why not? Let it rock. All right, one more item before we get to Hollywood Question of the Week. Broken last week, I announced that I'm going to do a uh, an additional podcast for the supporters here on Patreon of FGC Hollywood. I 
published the first episode to the public. It went both on Patreon and YouTube. The podcast is called Keep It Classy. It's kind of like a spiritual successor to uh, TMP, the Max Pleasure Podcast. It's basically going to become a podcast that's uh, supplemental to people who support the show. It's going to become once a month, whether it's going to have stories on there. I don't know how much FGC focus is going to be, but I'm sure I'll sprinkle some fighting games in there. Wasn't the first one literally just about grocery store rant? <laughs> yeah, well, it was about uh, me missing an opportunity with a girl that looked like Eno, and uh, that was the story there. So go check it out. It's on the channel if you want to hear my my epic failure about uh, not knowing what to do in that situation. But uh, the next episode will only go on Patreon, so that'll come. That So I have a December episode. Keep it classy one. Keep it classy uh, is going to move to Patreon just to give some to the supporters. I'm going to put out a poll on Patreon next year to see how the patrons, how they want the show to progress. Do you want guests on it? What kind of topics do you want to see on there? I don't know. Maybe I should have a like a Google voice number so they can leave voicemails so they can become part of the show. A lot of cool ideas I want to put out there. But uh, if you are on Patreon supporting the show, then uh, keep a lookout in your little notification tab thingy because I'm going to put out a poll and you can comment on there. Tell me what you want. And uh, yeah, moving forward, uh, you'll get a, an extra podcast every month. And hopefully once my schedule gets a little easier to manage, I want to move Keep It Classy to a bi-weekly schedule. And who knows, maybe even the great old Broken Wing will feature on one of the Keep It Classy episodes, if he wants. Don't worry, I'll, I'll tell you guys about my two incidents with uh, people that look like a character that I failed on. <laughs> I can't wait. I have man. two stories. Yeah, I can't wait. So if you want those juicy stories of Broken Wing, they might be on a future Keep It Classy episode. All right, final question or fi final Hollywood question of the week for 2020. Broken, you kind of answered this when you did uh, the special with Pringle. But if you could mm -hmm. choose to partake in any fighting game universe, which game would you choose? I just want to shill Guilty Gear more, so I'll just I'll just throw Guilty Gear in the mix. <laughs> so lore wise, it isn't a place where like you can see yourself die within like three seconds. Plus, it'd be cool to have magic, you know. In Guilty Gear lore wise, everyone has access to magic because magic is basically like the iPhone of that world. Like everyone has it. Like you're lame if you don't have it. Mm -hmm. So it'd be kind of cool to just do stupid magic stuff. Okay. Now we have three follow-up questions here. If you were in the Guilty Gear universe as a character, what would be your archetype of choice? I would like to be the Akuma of Guilty Gear. Basically like a character that plays like Kai, but is faster, more rushdown oriented, more combo focused, more like in your face versus just, just a, uh... cause you know, like Kai is, he's, he's all, he's all rounder. And Soul is kind of like the the in your face, but I want someone that is he has the same play style as Kai, but he's more like get in your face and rush down versus you know Soul bad guy. He has his own play style and his own his own way to victory. But I want someone that plays like Kai, but just gets in, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I would like to be that, and and I I'd like to use wind because I think wind is kind of a cool magic you know or cool element okay the second follow-up question to that is which character would you befriend in that universe i would like to befriend jam karateberry but then i'm gonna that's just the horny horniness in me so you would like I'd the actually like to, <laughs> i'd actually like to befriend sin i feel like me and sin would get along well we're both idiots yeah i mean sin would be a good 
good guy to like go to restaurants with. Exactly. I mean, he'd order like half the menu yeah, and then I'd be like, like all right, that's cool. And the last question is, which character would be your enemy or the one character you'd be wary of? It doesn't have to be would... the antagonist of the series. No, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say, I think uh, Johnny. Really? No, no, Testament, Testament. Oh, okay, I, I want to okay, put okay. my foot down on Testament. Fuck Testament. <laughs> I was going to say, Johnny, he's, he's like a chill dude. He's like the cool guy. I know. That's why I say Testament. Because I was like, at first I was like Johnny, because I was like, I, I feel like I would be uh, intimidated <laughs> intimidated by how swaggerous he is. But then I was like, nah, fuck Testament. Testament's a weird, yeah. You got to watch for, out for a Testament. <laughs> I agree. That guy, you should never, like, I feel like Testament is one of those people that like if you see him in like a corner and he you're by yourself you just get away from that corner you just you just continue taking the long route yeah you can't trust the guy first of all with a scythe and second of all he always has a crow around like you can't trust a guy like that <laughs> hell no a crow or a raven whatever that is it's bad news i guess i'll answer some of these so if i could partake in any fighting game universe and again i encourage people to listen to this if you want to leave your comments for these questions feel free to do so i would partake in akatsuki blitzkampf and yo you want to fight tanks <laughs> well i want to fight tanks i want to fight uh really extremely frustrating zoning nuns and yo that nun is actually pretty hot not gonna <laughs> lie and i would ask her out on a date yeah she's really frustrating and what my archetype would be? No joke. I want to be the Ken to Akatsuki's Ryu. Just make me a clone. I just I want to be a little different, but I want to become like the weirder version of Akatsuki. And of you course, see, I find it hilarious that both of us just said we want to be the blank of a character but different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I want to be. I want to be obviously, and I would befriend Akatsuki because that character he's. That's everything Akatsuki is, is what I want in like a main character. He's just a badass dude. He gets shit done. And yeah, that's the dude. His blitz motor is literally designed for him to break tanks. Mm -hmm. What is not to like about that? Yeah. So I would definitely befriend him. And who would I be wary of? Obviously, <laughs> blitz tank. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's a freaking tank with a skull. Actually, you know who you should be wary of? That dude who never takes his hands out of his pockets. Oh, yeah, the sunglasses. That dude. If, if you see a guy who never takes his hands out of his pocket, you should always wear, be wary of that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just kind of want to hang out with Akatsuki. <laughs> That's mostly my who motivation. You wouldn't want to hang out with Akatsuki. That's yeah. the real question. I'd be like, come on, just teach me Bitatsu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was Hollywood Question of the Week, the final one for 2020. Uh, no previous podcast correction. Nobody corrected us on everything, so that's good. And now we can get to some news. But uh, we have three items here. This is more like kind of like what we have in KOF. This is news before the news. So I titled this Japan First, World Later. Website VGC reports that Sega has confirmed that its in-development Virtua Fighter project is an esports-focused game, which will initially release in Japan. No shocker there. Sega CEO Haruki Satomi confirmed that the game will quote-unquote restart and will focus on competitive play. Although Sega cannot confirm any dates at this time, project details will be announced in 2021, so please keep an eye out. The current Virtua Fighter project is titled Virtua Fighter Cross Esports and debuted during TGS Online 2020. Not much there, but 
What do you, I asked Pringle this, I think the other day, do you think this is Virtua Fighter 6 or do you think this is going to be a completely different project involving Virtua Fighter? I think this is going to be a new game. Please, Lord, let it be a new game. Please, Sega, if you're going to do a esports event for Virtua Fighter, make a new Virtua Fighter. Do not tell TOs, hey, everybody, please go and insert on your PS4 like a dragon. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that. I think, see, I thought it was going to be one of two things. I thought it was going to be either Virtua Fighter 6 or they're going to try to maybe collaborate with another 3D fighting game or uh, not so much a 3D fighting game, but another well-known 3D property and make a fighting game combined with that one to maybe give more lore to the legacy that is Virtua Fighter with a little bit more modern splash. I don't know what that property would be. Obviously, so you Japan mean has. Dead or Alive, because that's what they're already doing with Dead or Alive. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I guess you would you would have to look at which 3D property, or not. It could even be 2D translate to 3D. Which property has a lot of pull in Japan that would make sense for Virtua Fighter to uh, take on? But I don't know. I'm I'm personally hoping it's just a standalone Virtua Fighter. They don't even have to call it six. They can just call it Virtua Fighter whatever like colon something and they could just say call, they could literally just call it virtual fighter and it'll it'll bang out okay and no one's going to question it because it's going to be like like a lot of ftc heads will be like yo virtual fighter 5 was the godlike game because yes it did have an amazing tutorial system but dude we could just come back and just remake Virtual Fighter, and no one's gonna no one's gonna bat an eye. Okay, no one's gonna be like, it should actually be Virtual Fighter. No, people are just gonna be like, yeah, makes sense, and buy it. Okay, we could restart the project from day one. Because isn't Samurai Showdown 2019 actually Samurai Showdown Seven? Yeah, and it's a reboot of the second game. Hmm. But um, I like yeah, that it's... though. I like that they just called it Samurai Showdown and Samurai Spirits in Japan. I, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's, so I wouldn't mind just calling it Virtual Fighter. Exactly. So we'll see more. 2021 is uh, just around the corner. I would love to get more news about this game. I would love another splash in the 3D space. And uh, Virtual Fighter deserves it. It's been on a hiatus for a long time. Come back to us, Sega. Anyway, news item number two. GGPO Cross Plus R is now official. We knew this was coming. So on... December 22nd, 2020, Arc System Works announced that the Team French Caliburst rollback netcode project for Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R has been complete and is now official. Along with GGPO rollback netcode, GGXXAC Plus R now supports player rooms of up to six people with spectating options, replay support from the main menu, new training mode features such as side switch resets, and many other quality of life improvements. Yay for Guilty Gear! It's, that's a good thing. I'm glad that, you know, I, I'm glad that we finally, we're finally out of beta hell. Please, for the love of all that's holy, did they fix the disconnect? The crashing was bad, yeah. I haven't tested the new, the new, like, Me thing. Neither. Nope. To be fair, I can't test it right now because uh, I have a power supply issues. So. <laughs> yeah, my Christmas gift, everybody, was that my PC's power supply is not getting enough power so that I can't play games. I could do everything else. I could watch someone play video games. I can stream my PS4 through my computer. I could do whatever I want to, but playing a game on my computer, no. Dang. Well, good thing you got those $200 reduce. <laughs> yeah. 
I know, right? It's always yeah, like it that. It costs basically $200 for a new power supply. Yeah. I'm going to do some more troubleshooting before I just buy one. Right. Though. Yeah, that's smart. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Now, Brogan, this is the big one. This is why we don't this record. Is the big, this is the thing <laughs> that literally we woke up to and we're like, what on earth is going on? So in the early morning of December 26th, now, how do you say this? Neopol or is it Neoplay? It's Neopol, right? I think, I think it's Neoplay. But then I, but that's because like the way they the trailer looked, it looked like Neo and Play were like two separate things. But I, 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 I'd go with Neopol. I'm going to go to Neopol. So next on subsidiary, Neopol announced a brand new game featuring its side-scrolling MMORPG beat-em-up property Dungeon Fighter Online called DNF Duel. DNF Duel is a collaboration between Neopol, Arc System Works, and Aiding. The development of the game will be in the hands of Arc System Works, developers of titles such as Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue franchises, along with the help of Aiding which have had a hand in helping the development of the Bloody Roar franchise, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom, and Ultimate versus Cap or, Mer- or Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. It is unclear at this point in time, but it is more likely that Neopol will handle the publishing for the game in a similar way. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus was published by Arc System Works, or was developed, developed, developed by. by Arc System Works, but published by Psy Games in Japan. For the uninformed, which is mostly me, uh, and also me. Okay, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. DFO has earned over $15 billion in lifetime revenue, making it the highest grossing video game of all time. And as of 2020, the game has over 700 million registered users. Now, before we get to the Discord note on the bottom there, how is it that both you and I had no idea, at least for me, I did not know what this game was in, even was until this morning, and it's the it's like the most successful game of all time. I was clueless so, to this game. Here's the thing: like I know that Dungeon Fighters existed, but I have never played that game. Like I, I've seen it, and I'm just like, okay, cool. But then like people told me that, oh, you like fighting games, right? I'm like, yeah. You should play Dungeon Fighters, and I'm like, okay, what is Dungeon Fighters? It's a fighting game. And then like I'd look at it for like three seconds and be like, that's not a fighting game. That's just to beat them up. And then just like, it escapes my brain and it's just like gone. And then like all of a sudden I'm just told it's the biggest game in the world. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? It's the biggest game in the world. Yeah. It's not like it snuck up on us. I mean, 2005, that's, you know, 15 years ago. So it's been around for a long time and I had no idea. Like I didn't even know what DFO was. And it just comes out this morning and goes like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have more registered users than twice the population of the United States. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. I also love how every Twitter post was, for all of you American people out there, this is what Dungeon Fighters is. Like, as if <laughs> they already know that they don't have the American market. Mm-hmm. They just have, like, every other country's market. Yeah. So, obviously, here in the West and obviously the States... MMOs here are really dominated by World of Warcraft and uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Final Fantasy fourteen. So DFO is not very big here in the states. I don't. Obviously, you and I barely even knew what it was. A lot of people who I've spoken to so far didn't even know it existed. But in the East, oh my God, China, Korea, this thing is ginormous. Obviously, seven hundred million registered users now when you have 700 million registered users that doesn't mean you have 700 million players it just means you have 
700 email, 700 million emails of at one point in time, somebody registered for this game to make an account. But who knows? I mean, obviously they have millions and millions of people playing this game. I mean, it's a Nexon thing too. So that 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 could be a, a reason why Nexon is super popular. Shout out to the Maple Story. <laughs> exactly. But we have a note here and then I want to get your thoughts on the trailer. So we got a trailer. We saw some gameplay. We saw some character archetypes and uh, Dark in FGC Hollywood, he he brought up a funny note that I was actually kind of correct. He said, so I, he was like, I looked at the trailer again and here's what I saw. Shirtless Ragna, Akatsuki, Noel, but it's a cowboy, Orange Jam, and Labrys. <laughs> and I was, then I looked at the trailer and I was like, hey, ain't wrong. It's actually, it's actually what it is. So um, I could tell this is an aiding game because I saw the hitboxes, like especially on the shirtless Ragna. Mm-hmm. That dude's sword did not even touch Orange Jam, but she still got flung in the air. And I was like, ah, there we go. There's that good old aiding right. hitboxes. Now, when you saw that trailer, what was your initial reaction to it? First off, I was like, what? Second off, I was like, I guess I'm buying this game. Like it, it looks good. It doesn't look like it's gonna be like Grand Blue. Like it looks like it's actually <laughs> gonna be fast paced and not methodical. It's uh, it's amazing that you said that. Also, it's funny that you said it looks good. Um, it's not gonna be like Grand Blue, which is like the one thing Grand Blue has going for it that it's like really a, like a pretty game. <laughs> but I know what you meant. Like it looks like gameplay. Like the gameplay looks good. Yeah, I mean to be fair, well, you you remember when I was streaming Grand Blue? Like my title was at least the game's pretty. Right, <laughs> at least it's a pretty game. I <laughs> I agree. I, to be honest, I didn't know what this was, but when I saw this trailer, I think this is what I expected when initially at in late 2018 when we got her we got word of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. This is what I expected. I think like when I saw the DNF dual trailer, I was like, whoa, this is kind of what I wanted out of Grand Blue. And by the way, this has never happened to me before, especially with a new property I've, I don't even know. All those character archetypes I just read to you, shirtless Ragna, Akatsuki, clone-ish, Noel, but it's a cowboy, looks like uh, Aaron Black from Mortal Kombat, sort of, mm-hmm. merged with Johnny, Orange Jam, and a girl who literally uses a Labrys, like the axe. All those archetypes, I love. I, there, there wasn't a single character there in the trailer that I was like, uh, I, like, I don't vibe with. I like all of those. And that never happens for me. There's always like, I'm very picky with characters. I'm only like, ah, I like this one. I don't like the rest. Kind of like Grand Blue. With this one is the opposite. I like all of these. And if this is not a cooldown based game like Grand Blue, if it's a little more high pace, if it's, it's got a little bit, a little bit of that Marvel in it, dude, I'm in. Even though I don't, I have no cachet absolutely with this franchise. I don't know anything about DFO, but just from that little teaser, I'm like, yes, this is my, I think this is going to be my type of game, to be honest with you. So I will let you know when I fix my computer and then we all need to just make another Nexon account just to go and play. Just play DFO. DFO, Yeah. I saw some of the cast and what they could do there. So far from what I saw, they've translated those characters pretty damn well. And they have so many cool other archetypes. I heard all the PvP players play Monk. So from GC Yoshi, straight from his word, his mouth, he said, they're going to make Monk DLC, uh, D- Season 1 Pass DLC mm-hmm. to get all the Monk mains to play the game. Yeah, I'm like pleasantly surprised. And this is, a, in my opinion, a really nice way to close 2020. Because, man, dude, we needed some good news. I think this is really good news. Unexpected, but good. Indeed. 
So yeah, that was the big news item. That's all for the news for 2020. So like I said at the top of the show, we have a special fighting game topic of the week. We're going to do awards. And uh, this is a little bit clowning on the TGA. So obviously everybody knows that uh, the game awards, you know, they're ass. And, you know, they make up awards that make no sense. But I figured, hey, if the TGAs can do it and Jeff Keighley can pull it off, so can this podcast. So this is going to be the official Fighting Game Awards presented to you by FGC Hollywood. And we have, I don't know how many categories we have here because we added some before we started the show. 12 categories. 12 categories. I think you added two or three. And I'm going to make sure people... I've added a few. Okay. I'm going to make sure people know that you're the one that added them because I get enough hate on this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to direct some of that hate towards you. (laughs) So we're going to go with the nominations and then we'll each give our answer for the winner. So... Category number one, best fighting game of 2020. Our nominations are Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Them's Fighting Herds, and Undernight and Birth Execution Latest or Late CLR. <laughs> Can we just say Uniclear? Yeah, let's just I say really Uniclear. don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your or what pick is your fighting game of the year 2020? Best fighting game. I'm gonna... I'm going to say I enjoyed the hell out of them's fighting herds. It, it's, it doesn't have as much hours played as all the other games like that I, I've been playing a lot of. But yeah, them's fighting herds. I tend to agree with you. I also picked them's fighting herds for my game of the year for 2020. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next category is uh, kind of a joke category because I really didn't know what to put on here. So it's worst fighting game of the year. <laughs> Only two nominations. One is fight, which we spoke about. I think on episode three or four of this podcast, which is a Nintendo exclusive, it's a Switch exclusive, it's one of the worst fighting games I've ever seen made ever. And then the other nomination is uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. (laughs) But that's just to jab at the BB Tag community. I don't really think it's worse than Fight. I'm going to say Fight is the worst game of the year. Yeah, Fight is terrible, dude. (laughs) It's so bad. You should definitely uh, on in the description below. You should definitely like put a trailer. Show people, yeah, put a trailer for how bad fight is. I will. It I'll is. It is hot garbage. It's bad. All right, now we get a little personal. So our personal best for fighting game of the year. Uh, same thing, right? We picked the same game that we, I guess, objectively picked for fighting game of the year. We picked as our personal best. So this is the game I probably played the most this year. It's uh, Them's Fighting Herds. And I also put Them's Fighting Herds. What a weird coincidence how the first and the third category go to the same game. Mm -hmm. Technically, I mean, I would give... We'll get to it. We'll get to it to another category. Um, Worst personal fighting game. Now, I didn't play Fight. Did you play Fight? I don't think you played Fight. (laughs) No, I'm not going to spend money on that hot garbage. All right. So our worst personal fighting game uh, I picked Uniclair because I really loved Unist, but CLR was such a disappointment with the netcode, with a little bit of the balance. It was, it's tough to say it's the worst fighting game, but out of the, the games that I've played this year, it was probably the worst experience I've had. Yeah, it, it, it's gotten so bad that honestly, Kimone has literally stated on Twitter, guys, I will have to put rollback in this game. Yeah, it's gotten so bad that he had to go on stream and tell his people that watch him talk about the game. He had to say, hey, please go to Arc System Works so they can help me put rollback in the game. That's how bad Uniclair has been this year with regards to its netcode. 
So we'll see what happens with this game. But yeah, this, I really loved Unist and CLR, man. What a disappointment this year. So that's why I picked it for the worst personal fighting game. Um, I'm going to say Mortal Kombat 11 Annihilation. <laughs> Continuing on with my Nether Realms, please stop just using animation from mocapping. Please actually use your, use your animators. You pay them enough money to actually give them a job. Please use them. Nether Realm Studio games feel like ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. For all you guys that love NetherRealm Studio games, every single one of them feels like ass, bro. It literally feels like two weighted vests or two like punching bags literally flinging themselves to each other. And that doesn't feel good. And they look like ass too. Okay, <laughs> I am sorry. They animate ass. They play ass. They feel ass. They're ass. I'm sorry. And Annihilation is the uh, expansion after Ultimate? Yes, and <laughs> I will say this right now. You can go on Twitter and you can... I will give you my at right now so you can all tell me I have shit taste. Brokenwing777 underscore. Please at me with all you saying that, oh, he said NRS games are ass. Do it. I will tell you with 100% conviction that you're wrong. They are ass. I'm, uh, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark here and say that I would say most people that play NRS games don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Just a Which shot. Which is the good. All right. This next category is called Best Overall DLC. And my nominations here are Kunimitsu 2 and Vermilion Gates Bundle in Tekken 7, Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Fighters, John Rambo in Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Seth in Street Fighter 5, and Huang in Soul Calibur 6. I liked Kunimitsu. She was fun. But she was basically a, um, she's, yeah, Kunimitsu is basically the Honoka of, of Tekken, where basically she has a lot of everyone's good moves. Uh, Master Roshi is an interesting character because, like, he's the most technical character in the game. He's basically the, the FGC boomer character for all those people that are like, I need more tech, more mechanics in my game. Right. Uh, John Rambo, I have no opinion on because I will never play an, I don't like to play NRS games, so he's already off my list. He did, I will say this, he did have a nice splash. I did watch his intros and outros because, you know, for for all the shit that another realm can't do, they can at least make some good intros and outros for their characters, and they can at least make some good trailers. That's about it. That's all I'm going to say with that, okay? Seth is a character that I cannot master because he's a very technical character and I'm ass at him, but he's he's fun. He's fun to look at. His he's fun to play against. And uh Huang, I don't I don't really know about Huang. I'd say Kunimitsu. Kunimitsu kind of was a good one. But I'm gonna say this solely because I think Kunimitsu came bundled with the rollback is no longer three, it's now I guess five <laughs> right. patch. So, like, it's it's not just Kunimitsu. Like, Kunimitsu came out with more than just a stage and a, a, a character, you know? Like, came out with a balance, pat, balance patch, which every character comes out with nowadays. But it also came with better netcode. Yeah, sort of. But then again, you know, Seth also came out with netcode improvements. And Mortal or John Rambo came out with Ultimate, you know, after Aftermath. So, they're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I would go, listen, I think, I don't care much for Kunimitsu 2. I love her mother a lot more. Vermilion Gates, I think, is a beautiful stage. I think it's the best looking stage in Tekken. But I'm going to go with uh, John Rambo. 
in Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, mostly because it's such a left field pick. And the fact that you got Sylvester Stallone voicing him, he's got a lot of canon things happening from the movie in the game, in his arsenal. I think he's well made. And he made such a big splash on a boomer like me because I love the Rambo movies. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving DLC of the year to John Rambo for Mortal Kombat 11. All right. I love these next two categories because they're the antithesis of each other. So this is, this is the biggest community win. So we have the Guilty Gear community for receiving rollback netcode in both Guilty Gear Plus R and Guilty Gear Strive. The, mm-hmm. the KOF community for getting KOF 2002 UM rollback netcode. The Mortal Kombat community for constantly being in the news and having Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. The Tekken community, Tekken 7 getting Season 4 improvements. They got, obviously, we just spoke about, Vermillion Gates, Kunimitsu, fixed a little bit of the netcode, got a new ranking prowess system. And lastly is the Street Fighter Five community. Street Fighter Five Champion Edition received a netcode, I don't want to call it fix, but netcode improvement. Adjustment, we call it that. Sure, adjustment. Who is your biggest community win for 2020? So I wanted to say Guilty Gear, but then like all the all the controversy surrounding Guilty Gear came up. I'll put it as my second biggest community win. I'd say, honestly, the KOF community got the biggest win. Everyone loved the 2002 UM. Hmm. I did as well. Zio is going to hate me, but I got to say, I think the Mortal Kombat community got the biggest win this year. Mostly because Mortal Kombat always was in the news. And it was, to be honest, it was never a bad thing. All these other games and communities had some sort of a blemish. Mortal Kombat 11, the game has been not very good, but everything around it has been excellent. So I think that community had the biggest win of just, they kept on trucking. I think they did the biggest, or they did the best job this year of advertising their game. Whatever you want to think about the game proper, that's a different case. But uh, I think that community got the biggest. Oh, by the way, they're one of the only communities that actually completed their world tour before the pandemic, along with DOA 6. So they got that going for them too. All right. Now the next category is an interesting one because I think they get, they all can get it. <laughs> but it's called the biggest L taken for 2020. We got Lab Zero Games slash forward Mike Z for obviously the whole debacle that happened this summer and Lab Zero Games closing down, firing everybody. You put Nintendo, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was your submission. I just want to make sure people know that. You put that in there. <laughs> and we'll get to that. Obviously, Nintendo has had, you know, cancellation of the big house. Uh, everything you want to talk about Nintendo hasn't been good. Capcom getting hacked. That was terrible. Evolution, Mr. Wizard getting canceled and all the crazy allegations that came out. Really bad stories. That was bad. Arc System Works for delaying Strive when it was supposed to come out this year. Now it's coming out in the middle of next year. And tournament organizers for getting crushed by COVID. Who took the biggest L this year, do you think? I kind of want to say Evo. I don't think Arc System took an L for delaying Strive. I mean, to be fair, we would all be playing Strive right now if they didn't delay it, but we'd also all be bitching about how bad it is because that game does not look like it's ready. Um, I think that's why it was delayed, right? Because they showed it. They were really confident. No, I think it got delayed because everyone saw how hot garbage that... uh, UI? Not the UI. It was the... um, Lobby? 
that lobby was. They did. They kept the lobby the way it is. Yeah. But they at least fix how you match up with somebody. Hmm. Yeah, that's not a that's not a big enough L. That was a that's a that's a mini L compared to the rest. Yeah. Yeah, that's compared to the rest. That's a mini L. Evo getting canceled because of Mr. Wizard. That's a big L. That's a supremely big L. Um, Capcom getting hacked. That was a big L, but not in terms of like doing wrong. Like I don't see Capcom getting hacked as anything bad for the gaming community as a whole. Well, it kind of is for them. You know, they're scheduled for the next four years. I mean, that's terrible marketing for them. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nintendo taking L's left and right. They haven't taken a single dub. I don't count Sephiroth as a dub. Also, Lab Zero and Mike Z. Look, man, Mike, I'm a level with you. I don't know if you listen to this, but I'm a level with you, man. All right? Stay the, stay low in the shadows, okay? Just don't say anything. Get off Twitter for a bit, you know? Just enjoy Guilty Gear. Hey, it's, your game now has godlike rollback, okay? So just enjoy Guilty Gear plus R, okay? Just enjoy that game. Skullgirls is also a good game still. You're going to get Annie in your game. Just chillax, relax, and I would say after a year, say, hey, guys, sorry for what happened. I've had, a, I've had time to think about what I've done, and I'm, I'm a new man now. I'd like to personally apologize to everyone that I've done bad things with. You know, I'd like to be forgiven, and I'd like to start off on a new foot. That right there, Mike Z, if you did that, man, I'm pretty sure you'd go well, okay? I don't know if you're listening to this, but th that's my message to you, man. I'm going to say he doesn't, <laughs> but still, it's a, it's a nice message to give him. <laughs> to be fair, he was a guest on e the TMP, so you never know. He could actually be listening. That's true. You never know. Either way, I don't see him apologizing because and I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think he thinks... He's done anything. He, I don't think he thinks he's guilty of anything. So he, that's why he's not apologizing. And I think that's the biggest problem people have with Mike Z. But either way, whether you're on this side or that side, it's, what happened to Lab Zero this year was a really big L because we don't know what the future of Skullgirls is going to be now. But you're going with Evo and Mr. Wizard? Yeah, I want to go with Mr. Wizard because Evo is... So Evo is the Super Bowl of fighting games. Whether we want it to be or not, it is. I tend to agree with you. I would also give my pick to the biggest L this year to Evo, Mr. Wizard, and everything that happened there. You know it's bad when not only Evo took an L by getting canceled because of COVID, but, you know, that's fine because everybody got canceled because of COVID. But even after they try to transition from having an in-person tournament to an offline event, and then they transitioned over to an online event, and they still got somehow canceled because they couldn't get their shit together. Obviously, the whole history with Mr. Wizard and all that bad shit, it's, it, was really, it was really bad. And I don't think a lot of people are going to look at that tournament the same way. Obviously, he's no longer a part of it, but... It's going to be interesting when they come back what kind of sort of rebranding they're going to do. I don't believe they're going to get rid of the name, but I wonder if, if there's going to be some sort of a culture change. So I would also give the biggest elf of 2022 evolution and the whole Mr. Wizard fiasco. Five more categories. This next one is, we added a bunch of those, is best FGC content creator. So I guess we'll go. So my nominations were... Leon Massey, 
who makes video essays, Massive Zug, which is tech and theory and tips, Theory Fighter, which is also video essays, Persona Entertainment, which is combos, FGC Translated, which used to be translated for <laughs> everything, but now it's just the Daigo translator, which is hilarious. And then you added Adventure, which is also video essays, Lord Knight, Guilty Gear slash Dragon Ball Fighters, I guess tips and stuff. Uh, Punk, or as he's known as Pink now, I guess, is fighting game comedy. Shin Kensu, video essays. And we have a total of, what is that, nine, right? Yeah, that's nine. I'll be honest, uh, I this is known, but I don't watch FGC stuff. Like, I like creating it. I don't like watching other people do fighting game stuff. Mostly because it, I don't I don't like being clouded because I like having my own ideas. So every time I watch something, I was like, oh, man, I kind of wanted to think about that on my own. So that's why I don't watch anybody do anything. I watch other things, and I, I find inspiration in other things that don't pertain to fighting game stuff. So I can create my own fighting game stuff. But with these guys, I've seen a couple videos here and there that I found interesting. That's why I put them on the list. But let's go with your pick because I know you added a couple here before we started the show. Mm-hmm. Who would you crown as your as like the best FGC content creator of this year? I'd say Punk because Punk, he brings something different into the FGC that we don't have a lot of, which is just pure comedy. Like he's the villain of Street Fighter V. And so like he's always... He's like you watch his videos and you're kind of laughing and you're having a good time. But in terms of like someone who's doing their work, I would say Lord Knight. Like every time I watch a Lord Knight video, I come out of it more informed about a certain topic from either Dragon Ball Fighters or Guilty Gear than I came in going in. Like he, he puts in a lot of effort into like ex- breaking something down and explaining it. Who's the winner then between Punk and Lord Knight? I'd, I'd probably give it to Lord Knight, honestly. Wow. Like Punk, Punk is, he's got a lot of like comedy and like, that's why I like watching his videos. Like I like to laugh. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very, I like to learn more than just like, just, just laugh. Mm-hmm. So I guess Lord Knight would take it. But I would say that Ed Venture is a very good up and coming person. Interesting. Yeah. I would say I would give the winner personally for me. I've only seen a couple videos. I would give it to Leon Massey. I just discovered him this year. It's funny. I've also just discovered Leon Massey too. Mm. He's, he's, he's got some good videos. Yeah, he really does. He does quality work. And he's one of those people that uh, I appreciate in the FGC because it's quality over quantity. So it's not like a video every day. Also, I, I don't like, personally, I don't like stream archives for... Uh, content for FGC content. I like pre-produced videos and what he does, what Adventure does, what Massive Zug does, Theory Fighter, those kind of videos are really interesting to me. You also have Corey Gaming as well, but Corey Gaming hasn't done a lot this year. He's done mostly streaming. He's he's he moved over to Twitch to stream Tekken, which is fine, right? I I mean, they've done other things, but I would say the, the like this new crop of video essay people. I think they're they're really doing a, a good job. But I would say Leon Massey has done a couple of videos that I really enjoyed this year, and they they make me think about concepts and fighting games that I wouldn't have other otherwise. So that's why he gets my uh, best FGC content creator of the year. Plus, he shills Guilty Gear every second he can. <laughs> right. uh, second best fighting game podcast award for 2020. <laughs> this is uh, just a funny little jab. Obviously. 
we're a fighting game podcast over here at FTC Hollywood. So we can't crown ourselves as the winners. So we have a couple of other nominations here. The nominations are Coffee and Combos, Salt Shakers Podcast, Double Tap, and you added Castle Super Beast. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm unfamiliar with Castle Super Super Beast, but you said... It's Wooly and um, Pat the Flip. I'm not Pat the Flip, it's Wooly and Pat. I have not listened to an episode of theirs, so I'll, I'll have to. But I'm going to crown the winner, even though I was on the Salt Shakers podcast as a guest appearance. I do enjoy coffee and combos. Listen to those two Canadian guys talk about fighting games. And it's it, wow, Castle Super Beast <laughs> is also about two Canadian guys talking to each other. Yeah. The, I think they, they do a pretty good a pretty good podcast. The audio quality, oh my god, the audio quality they got over there for coffee and combos is superb. It's so good. I don't know how they achieve it. I don't know if they're in the same room or what they're doing, but it's it's excellent. So and the content is also really good. It's not too long. There's some rants. It's got some personality, some edge, unlike some other podcasts. So Coffee and Combos for me wins the second best fighting game podcast award for 2020. Oh, all right. So most exciting upcoming game. Wait, you didn't give your, who's your winner? Oh, I, I, I'm going to agree with it. You're going to go with Coffee and Combos? Yeah, I'm going to agree with okay. Coffee and Combos. So most exciting upcoming game. Okay, so Strive. We got King of Fighters 15. Virtua Fighter E Exports, Exports, <laughs> Phantom Breaker Omnia. I guess we could also add DNF if DNF comes out next year. Uh, yeah, we don't know if it's coming out next year. That's the thing because we just got the news. Yeah, we did just get the news, but uh, I'm sorry, my heart has been captured by Guilty Gear. But I will say this: I am extremely excited for King of Fighters 15, and I think that Phantom Breaker Omnia will not. I think that game is dead in the water. Yeah, I think that game is also unfortunately dead on arrival. But as much as as good as the first impression was for DNF Duel, I gotta go with King of Fighters 15, man. Um, I, I think it's the most exciting game next year personally for me, and it's I gotta I gotta give it my vote. Shoutouts to January sixth and seventh. Hell yeah! Two more categories to go, and this one again you added. <laughs> <laughs> these next two these next two uh, categories you added. So again, for anybody who has hate towards these categories, please uh, tweet at BrokenWing777 underscore and uh, give him all your hate because this was not me this time. I wasn't throwing shade. <laughs> <laughs> you said worst podcast for anything award. There's only two nominations. <laughs> Ultra Chen TV and the Event Hubs podcast. <laughs> What do you want to say? As much as I rag about Event Hub's podcast, at least they have an identity. At least they know what they're going to talk about. They have a structure. They do one show each week. They talk about Street Fighter V. It lasts about 50 minutes to an hour. That's all they know, so that's all they talk about. Yes, when they do talk about other things, they stumble, and it's the podcast, in my opinion, is boring. But, you know, they know their audience. And they do their thing. Ultra Chen TV is all sorts of shit. They talk about news. They have interviews in the middle. The audio quality is not very good. It's unbalanced across all three hosts. And it's it's just unclear as what their identity really is, except for the fact that I find the show to be 
a little odd in the chemistry that they have together and that it's like four and a half hours long. So I'm going to say, I think, to be honest, I think Ultra 10 TV is a worse podcast than Event Hubs. Yeah, I'm going to say Ultra Shin too. I, I don't like Ultra Shin. So here's the thing. I, I didn't like Event Hubs podcast. Like uh, I listened to it for a bit because I was told just check it out. And so I listened to it and I kind of wanted to just shoot my brains out. But then I saw the Ultra Shin TV and I was like, all right, I'd like to at least exit the premise of Earth <laughs> itself. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. And, you know, I think the reason why it's not great is because at least with Event Hubs, they play it so safe that it's just boring, right? It's just, they're not offending anybody. They don't, like, unlike us over here, like, they don't step on any toes. They don't take risks. There's no real edge. It's just kind of flat and boring. And it's vanilla, right? Like, some people really like vanilla ice cream. I don't, I like, I won't go to the store to buy vanilla ice cream. I don't know about you. I want a little bit of flavor. I mean, I buy vanilla ice cream when I'm having, like, cake or something. But then that's it. Like, I usually get some some flavor, too. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you like vanilla, it's all good. That's why Event Hubs exist, and that's fine. Ultra Chen is like an ice cream that has vanilla and strawberry and fucking bones in it. It's like, what the fuck is in here? Like, it's just weird. It's like... It's the sewage <laughs> of the ice cream community. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's just... It's weird. It, the, I, it's, it would be one thing if they would have... They're trying to do both, right? They're trying to be event hubs, and they're trying to be a little edgy, but the hot takes are really bad. They're like my VTuber take, but except with fighting games. At least with VTubers. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I can be a little silly. But with fighting games, like this is your show. So you should have a better fighting game take than saying all air dashers are the same or some stupid shit <laughs> it's like come on god <laughs> i wanted to shoot myself when i saw that oh hey guys did you know that air dashing is the same as sidestepping no one says that and no one agrees with you yeah it's it's just bad <laughs> it's just bad dude <laughs> bad optics yeah. bad optics all right so there you go. I give my vote to Ultra Chen. You do as well. Don't hate me for this next one. I think that this is a very good category. I thought I put some thought into this one, you know, mm -hmm. but it's worst games with great potential. You know, like I, I thought, you know, these games, everyone was excited for it. We were all ready for it. But then like when it came out, people were, you know, happy for it. People were kind of like, eh, meh. I thought about it and I was like, that should be a, you know, an actual category you know like we were so excited for this game and then it just kind of it kind of didn't deliver now how, so, how are we grading this is this how bad the game turned out or how great the potential of the game is how great the potential for the game oh, okay is. so i want to say so we got grand blue we got uni clear we got bb tag season two which i, I did as a joke <laughs> and then we got dead or alive six so before we begin, I know you're going to probably say Uniclear because Unis was a good, good one. But what are your thoughts on at least DOA 6 and Grand Blue before, before you just crown Uniclear? I am going to give you a curveball, actually. I wouldn't crown Uniclear. Oh, yeah. You weren't. No, because I think Unis, it lived up to what the game could have been. It, it, it really, it lived up to the potential of what EL had. Right, like EL was a broken game, an unbalanced game, and then you got Unist, and it was 
everything everybody wanted out of the previous version. Uniclair was an add-on that didn't work out, but everybody still has fond memories of Unis, so it's okay because it, it had its time, it had its moment in the in glory. In my opinion, it's between Grand Blue Fantasy and Dead or Alive 6, but I think Dead or Alive 6, man, it had because the gameplay, I love it. I love the gameplay. But I do too. I love DOA 6's gameplay. I also love the fact that I never block in Dead or Alive 6 because I'm trying to parry. The poten- that's, in my opinion, the greatest waste of potential because had they only marketed that game in a way that fighting games should get marketed, not as a way Dead or Alive shit gets marketed. It's And the DLC, like there's so many things they could have done differently and it would have been easy fixes because people already like DOA for the waifus and shit. But... It was actually a good game. Like, I really enjoyed the gameplay. But they did everything yeah. else. They're like the opposite of Mortal Kombat. Get the Mortal Kombat marketing team to do DOA trailers and social media for them, but keep the gameplay. That's what they need, and it was such wasted potential, in my opinion. So I would give my vote to Dead or Alive 6 for the worst games with the greatest potential. It's funny, because I kind of want to put do, do the same. I, I Okay, so here's the thing. I love I love Grand Blue as a as a game when it comes to look i can kind of have fun with grand blue then again i can have fun with mortal kombat as long as i'm playing with other people but even then both of us everyone that i've played a game with agrees that like oh this is not fun but like with grand blue you can have fun with it like i see what they're going with it but then like they keep they keep going down a bad worse path Hmm. and that's what kind of makes me mad like they they are like they're not fixing their problems and then they're like oh hey while we're not fixing our problems we're adding more problems like no one asked for a battle pass and yet here here you go here's a battle pass i don't know why they thought that hey let's do something that makes a let's make let's put a thing that is designed to get you into playing the game more into a game that no one is playing because our netcode is bad. Instead of fixing the netcode or saying, hey guys, this will be Grand Blue Season 2. I mean, this is the final season. We're not making a Season 3 because we realize that everyone wants rollback. So we're, we're, we're remaking Grand Blue. So it's a game that you want to play. And then once they make that a good game and then everyone's playing it, sure, you can go ahead and drop a battle pass. And you could see, you'll see a lot of people grinding the battle pass. Okay, that's a good idea. Now, no, no one's playing Grand Blue, so why make a why make us pay money for a battle pass to grind for content when no one's even grinding for the content to begin with? Mm-hmm. Pringle said it, I think, last week. That game is gotcha. It really is. It follows that model to a T. I looked up the other day. Because you can see sales history for certain games. Damn, I should have credited the website. Anyway, there's a website out there that will track how low a price of a game has been. And I couldn't find the statistics on PS4, but I looked on Steam. The lowest Grand Blue Fantasy, the base version of the game, the lowest that game has ever dropped to was $47.99 on Steam. It it never went under $40 even for the base game. We're going to read a million and one sales coming up. And Grand Blue Fantasy is not on there. By the way, it's back to full price. It's not even like $5 off. It's that game 
in my opinion, has been really greedy with money. The season pass is inflated. The, I mean, now you have the battle pass, which we read last week. I mean, come on. You get fucking nothing for the premium, for the free version, but you get all the cool stuff with the premium version. And it's weird because it's not, I don't know, it's not like the gameplay is so... But then again, uh, maybe they're just relying on the franchise and the characters because people really love those characters. So it's enough to charge those prices. But I think for like somebody like me who has absolutely no cachet with that franchise whatsoever, I look at that game dumbfounded and I'm like, wait, why? Why would I spend this money to play this game? It it makes no sense to me. But for somebody who, you know, really loves that franchise, in my opinion, it looks a little bit like they're taking advantage. But yeah, I do think that game has potential. It seems to, honestly, it seems to be getting away with it. It seems to be getting away because they just sold, what, 600,000 copies of that game? And trust me, yeah. it ain't because the game good. It's because it's Grand Blue. And the thing that hurts me the most is that I saw a tweet yesterday that said, hey guys, here's all the fighting games right now on Steam. You can actually spend less money buying all these games for other fighting games than you would for getting the base roster of the base game of grand blue and it's dlc yeah it okay a better example i think is mortal kombat ultimate just came out and that game is already 41 dollars. if you buy it without even owning any of the mortal kombat be it 11 or aftermath it's 41 dollars, and that comes with all the bells and whistles so you're telling me grand blue fantasy the base version has been out for i don't know what eight months now it hasn't even gone under $47. I mean, maybe PlayStation had a sale. I don't know. But I know on Steam, it never went under $47.99, which in my opinion is crazy. But it's also not crazy because people buy it. Yep. Before we get into relevant game sales, I was just informed of the Famitsu Comp Japanese Game Devs Aspiration 2021 thing. And some of these are pretty interesting. Arc System Works, Daisuke Ishiwatari. Guilty Gear Strive is not a compilation of the series. I think of it as an arrival point after stacking up its history. Everyone, everything's been rung to deliver fresh experience and excitement for everyone, so please look forward. Arc System Works, Tochimichi Mori, Blaze Blue. Keyword, restart. I want to put the Blaze Blue series into motion, so I'm hoping for support for everyone, please. And which I would like to say, please don't. I don't want you to... Um, Can we have Mori stop up, making please, games? Please. <laughs> <laughs> After BB Tag, um, you should have your developer card revoked. Yeah, that's true. Uh, hey, look at that. We got Harada. Keyword, game development. Getting back the good old days of development with the newest technology, still expanding on the fourth season of Tekken 7. And that's about it. Hmm. Well, there you go. Some closing notes from big developers in the Japanese fighting game industry. Uh, I'm, I've been dreading this uh, next section. The whole podcast broken. So I tell you what, you you want to you wanna split this up? Yeah, I'll split this up with you. Okay, so did, I forgot. Did you want PlayStation and Xbox or did you want Steam? I'll take Steam. Okay. It's the, it's the bigger one, so I'll take the bigger one. Okay. I'll take that L. All right. So we got relevant game sales here and there is a lot. So if you are in the FGC Hollywood Discord, instead of listening to us ramble about all these games and prices, I did screenshot all of this and put it in our Discord uh, game sales tab so you can find it all there. 
But if you're not and you want some of these sales, you'll just have to listen for the right one. So good luck to you guys. Okay, we're going to start with PlayStation 4 game sales and announcement. Uh, the first thing on the docket is PlayStation 4 free trial. This ends on January 4th, 2021. You can play Street Fighter V Champion Edition until that date. So everybody which has, I'm assuming, uh, PlayStation 4 and the, uh, what's that subscription that they have called? Play PlayStation Plus. So if you have PlayStation Plus, you can uh, play Street Fighter V Champion Edition until January 4th. Now, the actual sales, these end on January 20th, except for one. So Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate is going to end on the 9th, and that is $41.99. Tekken 7, $9.99. Ultimate Edition, $24.99. Season Pass, $7.49. I didn't see Season Pass 2 or Season Pass 3 there either, so you'll have to find those. I think those are full price. Soul Calibur 6, $14.99. Deluxe Edition, $22.49. Season Pass, $14.99. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection is $14.99. Street Fighter V Champion Edition, $19.49 for the full game. If you already own Arcade Edition, the upgrade kit is $14.99. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, $9.99. The Deluxe Edition is $17.99. Uh, Unist is $34.99. Central Fiction, that is Blaze Blue for the uninformed, $17.99. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, $4.99. The 2.0 expansion pack is $16.49, and the special edition is $24.99. Guilty Gear, Exert, Revelator, $9.99. SNK Heroines, Tag Team Frenzy, $29.99. Which, man, that game is also kind of like uh, Grand Blue. Why is that still so expensive? Put that game under $10, I'll buy it. What, the SNK Heroines yeah. franchise? Why is that still so That's expensive? Like, that game's not even a fighting game. That game's a party game. I don't know. Still, like it shouldn't be thirty bucks on sale. It shouldn't be thirty bucks. Whatever. <laughs> the King of Fighters fourteen, thirteen ninety nine. The special anniversary edition twenty ninety nine. Samurai Showdown thirty five ninety nine. Deluxe edition forty seven ninety nine. Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection nineteen ninety nine. And Dragon Ball Fighters Ultimate Edition sixteen forty nine. All right. Uh, the Xbox. Sales are the same as last week, so go listen to episode 13 because those sales end on January 2nd, 2021. But if you have Xbox Live or whatever they call it now these days, you can get uh, The King of Fighters with Games with Golds uh, that's available for January along with uh, three other titles that I didn't name because they weren't fighting games. Now we have Steam sales, but I'm going to catch my breath and let Broken read all these. All right, so we got Punch Planet, which is still in early access for $14.99. Wait, this ends January 5th, 2020. Yes, they do end on January 5th, 2020. We got Kohimi Embu Ryo Rai Rai for 10 bucks. I know that sounds like a weird mouthful. It's a, um anime waifu Street Fighter game. It's fun. It's fun. It's really fun. Footsie's Rollback Edition for $3.99. Arcana Heart 3 Love Max 6 stars with 6 exclamation marks for 1979. Blade Arsis from Shining Battle Arena 749. Yo, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to go off ta- tangent for a bit. Go ahead. Blade Arcus from Shining Battle Arena is the most balanced tag team fighting game I've ever played and it's a super sick fighting game and is a fighting game that I wish more people played. That game's weird. It has weird neutral. It does have weird neutral. But, like, in terms of tag team fighting games, 
I'd say that, you know, that one is the most balanced. Like, it's not a busted... It's not a busted mess of just get in and then get out. Like, like there's options and there's, like, defense. And then there's, like, ways to get around it, you know? Mm. We got Fighting EX Lair for $10. I uh, wish... Uh, it has rollback uh, now. It does have rollback, but I just wish they would fix their lobbies. It's the only thing actually holding it back is the lobby. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid for $12. Blade Strangers for $5. Fight of Animals for $7. Hey, please get Fight of Animals. <laughs> the game's fun. Yeah. Okay, and it has rollback. So not only is it a fun game, it has rollback for you. Battle Fantasia Revised Edition for $1.49. That game is a uh, interesting game. Yeah, it sure is. An oldie. So I have a funny story. I learned that because of Battle Fantasia that Street Fighter 4 went 3D because they were looking at how Battle Fantasia did it and were like, oh, you can make 3D into a 2D fighting game. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. We got them's fighting herds, guys. $9. What is stopping you from trying out the best fighting game of the year? Yeah, FGC Hollywood game of the year. Hell yeah, dude. We got Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger for $1.49. Blaze Blue Continuum Shift Extend for $3. Blaze Blue Chrono Phantasma Extend for $4.49. Um, dog note, before you say anything, I know. Shut up. <laughs> we got Blaze Blue Central Fiction for $8. Again, dog note, don't say anything. Shout out to Dogno. <laughs> Shout out to Dogno. Blaze Blue Collection for fifteen twenty six. Guilty Gear for a dollar ninety nine. Wait, so Guilty Gear th that collection, all those games you read before the collection, they're in that collection. So if you want Calamity Trigger, uh, Continuum Shift Extend, Chrono Phantasma Extend, and Central Fiction all all bundled up, that's the collection for fifteen bucks. Guilty Gear should probably do that. We got Guilty Gear for, for $2. Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus R for $3. Guys, the game is now officially has rollback in it, and it's GGPO. What is stopping you for spending $3? Yeah, it's less than like a fancy cup of coffee at Starbucks. It's less than dirt. It's literally cheaper than dirt. We got Guilty Gear Exert Sign for $4.49. We got Revelator for $6. Deluxe Edition for $8.99, Revelator 2 All-in-One for $9, and Revelator 2 All-in-One Deluxe for $12. And then we have Skullgirls for $3 with Second Encore Upgrade for $4.49. We have Undernight In-Birth EXE Late for $6, UniClear for $16.74, and the UniClear Pack for $26.41. That's actually pretty expensive for uniclear the so the pack is just like dlc and colors and garbage so if you are gonna buy uniclear you don't have to have uniel for it you can just buy uniclear for 16 bucks and that's it yep nitro plus blasters heroines infinite duel i have so much stories about this game but it's five dollars <laughs> yo shout outs to Everyone finding out that you could parry every super and that the game is busted. Talk about a waifu fighter. Oh my gosh, that was a super waifu fighter. In the same veins as the next game, which is Vanguard Princess, which is $1.99.
Also, shout-outs to the people that can actually play the free version of Vanguard Princess, which is the most recent and up-to-date version. But, you know, we got Million Arthur Arcana Blood for $12. Oh, by the way, Mac. Yes? You said meet me in Million Blood. I will meet you one day. When I fix my computer, yo, first to five? Hell yeah, I don't know how to play that game, but I'm down. Uh, just one note about that game. It's right now, it's $12 on Steam. That's as low as I've seen it because that game is always $39.99. So if you are interested in Million Arthur Arcana Blood, I've complimented the game because I think it's one of the better 1v1 styled games with good tag mechanics. You get it now because it's not going to... I don't know why it's so expensive. The netcode isn't great and it's super niche, but... $12 is as cheap as I've seen it. So if you are interested in the game, you'll have to buy it now because it's not going to be much cheaper probably. Uh, Fight Angel Special Edition for $10. Quick question. Are you being serious by adding Fight Angel in this? Or are you just, just being cheeky? It's on the sales list. That's a, I mean, I'll be honest. I probably should have put it along with Fight as one of the worst fighting games on planet Earth. But it, it is on sale. So if people want to torture themselves with playing a shitty waifu fighter then it's $9.99. <laughs> Honestly, I put it on my wish list as a, as a shit post. <laughs> like, I'm, I never want to buy this game, but if anyone bought it for me, I would, I would actually play it as a joke. It's, I don't think it's as bad as Fight, but holy shit, it's pretty close. I mean, it's not as bad as Girl Fight. Honestly, it's better than Girl Fight, so... Not by much. <laughs> <laughs> not by much. We got uh, Yumi Neko Golden Fantasia. Uh, it, it, okay, so Yumi Neko Golden Fantasia is a fun game, and it has rollback. So if you want to check that out, give it a good bit of play. It's a little expensive. I got that game a lot cheaper than sixteen twenty four. I think I got that game for like four ninety nine. So that's not the best deal I've seen for that game. You might want to wait on that one. Yeah, we have Chaos Code: New Science of Catastrophe for four dollars. Man, I... R.I.P. R.I.P. Dude to Chaos Code Two Whales. I hope he. Uh, I hope he gets back on the bandwagon. Like I know that. I know why he got off of it. But hey, didn't his brother pass away? That's the reason why he ended two. Yeah. We got Yatagarasu Attack on Cataclysm for nine eighty nine. We got Fight of Gods for seven forty nine. Terror Dome Reign of the Legends Early Access for twelve dollars. Pocket Rumble for $10. Garo Mark of the Wolves for $5. Another great game that has rollback on it. The Last Blade for $5. The Last Blade 2 for $5. Another great game with rollback on it now. Samurai Showdown 5 Special for $5. Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection for $20, which I'm guessing has all of the... It's got a bunch of them. We have SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy for $24.99, a game that is more party-based than fighting game. But, you know, Shermie, Shermie does carry that game. It Listen, that game is, is like dumb fun if you don't treat it as like a proper fighting game, but it's too expensive. Come on, it's, it shouldn't be $24.99. It shouldn't. Melty Blood Actress again, current code for $3.74. Um, we will we will let you know you don't need to buy, pay any money to play this game. You can just go get community cast <laughs> community edition. Yeah, I will say this. So I actually recently bought this game on Steam because I don't 
people forget that hey if you want the community edition game yeah it's great it's free and the netcode's really good but you have to share your ip address so unless you trust somebody then that's great you can play with excellent netcode i'm not about that ip sharing life so i got the steam version to test the netcode but unfortunately not a lot of people play it i'm going to try it at different times of the day and see go on steam charts see when it spikes maybe i can find some some matches because i want to test the netcode on it on steam but i don't know when people play it so i would assume most people do play the community edition but uh that ip sharing thing man i don't i don't like it i don't like it either that's literally what's holding community caster back yeah the King of Fighters 97 global match for $2. King of Fighters 98 ultimate match for $749. King of Fighters 2002 UM 1124. Shout outs to Code Mystics for making that game rollback edition. King of Fighters 13 for $5. King of Fighters triple pack for $1749. The King of Fighters 15, uh, 14, not 15, <laughs> 14 for $30. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for $749. MVCI for $10. Deluxe Edition for $1799. And the Character Pass for $899. We have Street Fighter Cross Tekken for $599. The Complete Pack for $1199. Uh, that game should just be free. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection for $15. USF 4 for $749. Street Fighter 5 for $799. The Championship Edition is $1998. And Championship Edition Upgrade Kit is $1499. Tekken 7 is $10. Ultimate Edition is $1979. Season Pass 1 is $1249. Season Pass 2 is $1499. Season Pass 3 is $1249. In Season Pass 4 with Kunimitsu is $14.99. We have Soul Calibur 6 for $9.59. Deluxe Edition is $22.49. Season Pass is $14.99. And Season Pass 2 is $33.99. We have Killer Instinct for $10. Mortal Kombat 10 is $4.99. XL is $7.49. Mortal Kombat 11 is $14.99. Ultimate is $41.99. Aftermath is $19.99. Injustice Gods Among Us Ultimate Edition is $5. Injustice 2 is $12.49. Legendary Edition is $11.99. Dragon Ball Fighters is $9.59. Fighters Edition is $15.19. Ultimate Edition is $17.59. Fighters Pass 1 is $17.49. And the Fighters Pass 2 is $12.49. And then we have BB Tag. For $14.99, Special Edition is $24.99, 2.0 Expansion Pack is $12.49, and DLC Volume 1 through Volume 7 Pack is $4.79. And then Switch Games, stay free. <laughs> it doesn't say stay free on there. It's the same as last <laughs> week. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to be, I had to say something funny right. about it. <laughs> Yeah, same as last week. Go check out episode 13. There's only a few publisher sales. I think they're ending on December 31st. So if you haven't got them last week, you can get them this week. Well, we're done with that. That was the longest uh, sales segment we've ever had ever. That actually hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of sales. Thank you, Steam Winter Sale. All right. We have 10 questions to end the year broken. So the first one comes from... Little Joe Potfox. Actually, I probably should have taken this question out because I thought Pringle was going to be on the show. Who are my two favorite characters from Persona and Skullgirls? Okay, so um, 
My favorite is Junpei and Yosuke. I've always liked the sidekick character that is like your best friend who's like kind of stupid, but like still a homie. So I like those two characters. And then Skullgirls, I like Big Band because it's Big Band, okay? How can you not like Big Band? Mm -hmm. And I like Beowulf because Beowulf brings the brings the noise, okay? Now, Beowulf's not a character I'll play. I like uh, I like to have on my team Squiggly, but I like to I like to watch Big Band at least. Yeah, br dude, Brass Knuckle is really satisfying to do. I know Pringle hates it, but man, that move is fun. I'll go with uh, I'll pick a guy and a girl for each franchise. I'll go Narukami and Labrys and Persona, and I'll go Big Band and Peacock and Skullgirls. Fair enough. So Cold Chaos 64 Ray on YouTube asks, people love guest characters, but do you think guest characters in fighting games might cause right issues in the future that might keep certain versions or even entire game for uh, games from being re-released in the future when the time comes to genuinely warrant a re-release? Yeah. Maybe. I think it's a problem because guest characters come with licensing fee, yeah. uh, licensing fee problems. They're timed contracts too. Exactly. So you're right. I think it, it will cause a problem because... But it depends on the demand, though, right? Like, how many people are going to demand Negan and Tekken 8? I don't think a lot are, but I think the problem is, is that, like, if we have... If we want CVS 2 again, but, like, with Tekken, it's going to be hard because Tekken 7 has so many guest characters. How are you going to get Noctis back? I'm pretty sure... Okay, so it's not going to be hard for SNK to give you Geese back. Literally, SNK will give you everything in the front for in the front door. Okay, they'll give you everything in the the goddamn kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. But like Square Enix, that that's going to be a problem. Well, even with uh, I don't know if it's licensing issues, but I would assume that's why we haven't seen them again. Is like take Soul Calibur for example. Darth Vader hasn't been in another game since he six has Tubi. Right? Is Tubi going to be back in Soul Calibur seven? Maybe Square and Bandai can work out another deal, but you know those Square are Square is kind of difficult to to manage with. Like they they're very they're very protective with their stuff. Like when Sephiroth came out, he only came out with Sephiroth's theme. And when Cloud came out, there's so many good songs that you could have from Final Fantasy VII, and he only came out with like two songs. Yeah, or like The Witcher, right? So the, it, yeah, it's the... tough. I don't know. Those... SNK, I think you're right because. Like, if people really want Geese and Tekken 8, they can make that happen. Because SNK works with everybody, but it really depends on which company you're Well, everybody with. but Capcom now. Shoutouts to us always wanting CVS3, but never getting it. Right. All right, number three. That boy 81 on YouTube asks, Apologies if already answered, but if Persona 5 Arena becomes a thing, which characters would you like to see return from Ultimax? Bonus question. Would you want a similar story mode to Arena or Ultimax? Or an RPG mode similar to the dreaded Grand Blue Versus. All right, so I'm just going to answer both immediately. One, Ultimax, just bring everyone back, okay? Like, Ultimax's roster was pretty small, even when they added more characters. So just, just, just make Ultimax, and then just add Persona Five characters to it, okay? That's going to be kind of hard though, because Ultimax. If you take away, Ultimax has 37 total characters, 15 of them are shadows. That means 22 of them are regular playable characters. Mm -hmm. So you have 22 and whatever Persona 5 has. The one thing 
I find that with Persona 5, I don't think Persona 5 fans are Persona 4 Arena fans, and I actually don't think a lot of Persona 5 fans are Persona 3 or Persona 4 fans. They're like a new crop. They're a new plague upon this world. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, they're they're different. Um, and I know Atlas fans are kind of weird, but whatever. Like, I see if Persona 5 Arena comes out, I see it being very he heavy with Persona 5 characters, and they might guess character like Narukami or Aegis, right? Like the popular characters from the previous franchise. Well, Persona 5 Arena is going to basically be the final nail in the Persona 3, 4, and 5 story. So they're going to have to have Persona 3 and 4 characters in the game to like finish their story arc. I don't think they need Persona 5 to do that, though. How are you going to finish Persona 3 story with, without just saying that, oh, yes... Well, I mean, I don't think they tie. Oh, I in. forgot his name. I think his name Makoto. is like something with an M. Makoto. Yeah. yeah, Makoto is still stuck in the door, ladies and gentlemen. I I think I don't think you need Persona Five for that because spoilers for the story for Persona Four Arena and Ultimax. So Elizabeth is doing her thing, right? She's trying to find a way through going to this. In, uh, like in the story mode for Persona 4 Arena and Ultimax, she's trying to find a way to free him from being mm -hmm. in there, right? And then they developed Labyrinth's story. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax was a very Persona 3 story-ish, right? So they dealt with that. And then they figured out, okay, they, they, they completed the Labyrinth story. So now they know what she's about and they kind of know where to go from the future. Elizabeth is really the only one who's still figuring things out. But I don't think they need Persona 5 for that. I mean, that's like two separate things. So that's why I think Persona 5 can live on its own entity. And it doesn't need 3 or 4. The thing is, I don't think there's enough characters in 5's roster to carry a fighting game, though. What is it? 4 guys and 5 girls? That's not enough for a Persona fighting game. That's 9. Like, that's enough for a, that's enough for a game like Skullgirls, but... You can put Crow in there, Morgana, and if you want, you can put what this coffee shop owner. I don't know. They could do whatever. Either the way, coffee I, shop owner is not going to be a fighter. <laughs> you never know. But I'm saying, whatever. They could put the doctor, or they could put whoever in there. But yo, shoutouts to sexy substitute. I mean, shoutouts to sexy teacher who's a maid who's banging you on the reg. God, I hate the writing in that game. Anyway, I'm getting digressed. <laughs> um... I'll say this. I would want Narukami in the game. I would want Shomi Nozuki in the game. And I would want Labrys in the game. That's who I would want to come back. And if Persona 5 was a thing. As far as the story, I I like the visual novel version of the story mode. I don't want an RPG mode. So, yeah, keep it the way it is. So, Tyler Wilson on YouTube asks, What fighting game franchise do you think has the highest female player base and why? Soul Calibur? That is a very hard... I don't think Soul Calibur has it. I think actually Mortal Kombat has it. But is that derived from the fact that there's it's more appealing to female fighting game players or because it's just a really popular mainstream title? I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't have any data to back that up. I just at the top of my head I was thinking Soul Calibur for some reason. Yeah, I don't have the I don't have any data to back that up either, but I think that Mortal Kombat has it. Yeah, I don't know. But 
It wouldn't surprise me. Definitely wouldn't surprise me just because it has a lot of players. Exactly. Heinz the Rhyme Bomber on YouTube asks, if you could live in a non-COVID time period and win a tournament in whatever game, what would it be? Personally, I'd like to win Koihime Enbu at CEO Taku and Grand Blue at Combo Breaker. So I'd like to win at Evo. Um, BB Tag? No. Hell no. I'd say uh, Grand Blue. Grand And then at um frosty faustings i'd like to win rev two hmm. i would also choose ceo otaku and i would like to win plus r with eno because i think it would be really challenging all right so uh lcg on youtube asks what is your favorite system mechanic in fighting games for oh my lord you can read it out loud <laughs> <laughs> For example, Roman Cancel and Guilty Gear are cross combos in BB Tag, the best game ever. I'm going to shoot this, man. Oh, LCG. You know, LCG likes to call me Max in the comments as well. I'm like, Max? Who's that? No, that's all good. I like Roman Cancels because I like to continue. I like the freedom that Roman Cancels give you, but uh, that's me being a Guilty Gear shill. Honestly, uh, from other games, I'd say the groove system from CVS2 was a really good fighting game mechanic. Yeah, that's a really because good it one. gave you the ability to play everyone, everyone's like every game iteration's mechanics while still playing whatever character you wanted to. So it gave more depth to the characters. Yeah, I would agree. That's a really innovative one. I would go with the grid system and Undernight and chain shifting, uh, fighting for momentum on screen and making blocking an actual thing of consequence. I really like that. So I'll go with that one. Zeo on Discord asks, name your favorite normal move, special move, and super move from any game. So I'll go first. I think that uh, my favorite normal move is Chun-Li from Street Fighter V's uh, goddamn bazooka-ass heavy punch. That thing literally reaches to the moon. Special move-wise, I think uh, Genocide Cutter. I always love Genocide Cutter. That move always makes me feel super sick to see. And my favorite super is uh, Ride the Lightning. Wait, Genocide Cutter, whose move is that? So Genocide Cutter is Rugal and um, what's his name? Nash. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, look at that. I used, I did three different games too. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, normal move. I'll go with Street Fighter 4's Adon, his uh, heavy kick, standing heavy kick. Special move, I'll go with Vice's sleeve. Super, yeah, I don't think I'm, I can be like you. I'm going to go back to Adon and pick uh, Jaguar Revolver, which is his Ultra. I forget if it's mm -hmm. Ultra 1 or Ultra 2, but... Uh, it's such a it's a really cool ultra, mostly because I like people hate Adon because of his voice. And listen, I understand it, but I I actually like the character mostly because he's Muay Thai based. But also I like the fact that he's got a little bit of edge to him and then he doesn't like Sagat and he's very competitive as far as like he wants to be the best Muay Thai practitioner and in every tournament that he's in or whatever. To be fair, for me in Street in Ultra, I like uh Oni's uh I think Oni's uh, uppercut one where like he sends you to the sky yeah. <laughs> and then like he that one to me is just super anime AF and I like it because like you li he literally like once he punches you into the sky, he turns into a blur and you know, I was just like, oh, that is so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I would say if I could have an honorable mention, 
which I know I don't, but I'll throw it in there, is uh, Yuna Arakami's God Rain Dance. That's that's a really tight <laughs> super. It's really fun to do. It's kind of like Geese Howard's uh, whatever that shit's called, where you know you have to hit the buttons as the move is. Present. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, you know what? Can I can I change my my favorite super to being uh, Napalm Death? Who's Napalm Death? Napalm Death is the instant kill super that you have to like input in. That's from uh, from Guilty Gear for Order Soul. Oh, Order Soul. Okay. okay. So Kite on Discord asks, are clone characters or characters with alternate movesets but still the same character preferred to having a smaller roster? Do these tactics help a game overall with making the roster feel more fleshed out versus feeling bare bones? Example is Devil in Tekken. He hasn't he has been either a separate character slot in the case of every early game and tag game, but in Tekken 7 he is a form that Kazuya can take. Should Devil in Tekken 7 have his own character slot but still be a form Kazuya could use? I don't think he should be his own character slot because I think Tekken has enough legacy characters now where you don't need clone characters, specifically for Tekken. I don't mind clone characters, but I think they're a little old-fashioned now. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind clone characters if they bring something uh, to the table besides just the same moves. I'd like a clone character to have a different gameplay style if they don't have the same... If they have to have the same moves, I'd like them to have at least a different gameplay style for example like when it comes to ryu versus ken ryu is very like tactics oriented like you're not rushing in you're you're waiting for your opponent to do something stupid and then you you optimize basically you know what i mean traditional shoto yeah yeah super traditional but then ken he's like get in you know just like do whatever just get into your opponent's face he's evolved yeah ken has evolved to becoming his own character same thing with exactly. like evil like evil Ryu is very damage based compared to Ryu who's more footsie based. Exactly. So that's I I don't hate ha- characters having the same game like same moves as long as they have different gameplay goals, you know. Yeah, I don't mind clone characters and like tag games because then it makes your teams a little easier like having Xiaoyu and Miharu, right? They're the same character practically. Or Eddie Gordo, Tiger Jackson, Lily, and Sebastian. I mean, I don't mind those because tag games have a lot of characters in them. But for uh, single fighter games, like one-on-one, yeah, I don't know if I want tag characters to have their own slot. But yeah, I think we have enough individualized characters that have interesting game plans that are deserving of slots over clone characters like traditional Devil and Tekken. Mm, two more here to close out the year as on discord asks can for honor be considered a fighting game i don't think it's a fighting game but then again i was always yelled at that it is a fighting game but i how do i explain it it ain't worth your breath just say yes and move on you know what man in 2020 everything's a fighting game my shoe's a fighting game it doesn't matter anymore what anybody says because if you want to say Smash isn't a fighting game, you're going to have a bunch of people saying it is. If you want to say, like, Brawlhalla isn't a fighting game. Like, same thing. You have Catherine at fighting game tournaments, Nidhogg. They're all fighting games, you know. Then you have Arena Fighters. It's so hard to figure out what's a fighting game what's not. You know what I like to do is I option select this question, and I say, I don't know if it's a fighting game or not, but I know it's not FGC. <laughs> and that's how I bypass the whole thing. 
Damn, what a legend. All right, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take your I'm going to take your advice and say the same thing. Yeah, cuz it's all becomes semantics, right? Then you'll have Sneasel in the comments saying, "Actually, Naruto is a fighting game because <laughs> no, I'm kidding." Like, listen, at the end of the day, do I care if Smash is categorized quote-unquote fighting game or quote-unquote party game? No. All I care about is if it's something I need to cover <laughs> because it's FGC. That's all I care about. All right, so Sonic Puff 930 on Discord asks, what's the best fighting game training routine? When you want to play some fighting games online, do you just jump online or do you go into training mode and, you know, mess around? I go online first, unless I've never played that game before. Then I go into training mode to learn what a character special and super is and like a few of their buttons. And then I go online because the thing is, is that I don't need to learn a character 100% to go and play them. Right. And when you play a character, you start to realize what they can and can't do. And so I usually learn their specials, their supers, like a few of their buttons, how they move. And then I go straight into online. Like I don't spend hours on on training mode. I, I want to get into the game and I want to learn what they can do versus another character. What's their matchup and like how I play that character. That's fair. Fighting game, like a training routine. I'll be honest. I haven't done a training routine per se, but just something I've done in the past. Uh, 3D games are a little different for me than 2D games because 2D games, I can translate everything to both sides. So I don't really practice that much because it's just easier. 3D games, for example, I used to practice backdashing on player two side a lot in Tekken because it's a little harder. Also, I would practice my combos on my weaker side before going online or if I knew it was going to drop. So that's something I used to do. Something in that I do in 2D games is I'll practice my jumping combos and I'll practice what uh, my confirms on the ground and then I'll try them in real matches. So like, whatever, let's take Street Fighter V, for example. Mm -hmm. I know my jumping combos is like a four fit five hit combo that ends with a fireball or ends with a sweep or something or a Tatsu. So I know what to do that in that situation. And then obviously I know that I can use a little forward and crouch and fireball. Then I just focus on the fundamentals as I react mid-match. As far as a training routine, it's only when you get super advanced that you start using the record and replay function because you don't know the matchup and you want to realize how certain thing works. But I would say just experiment, especially these days, all these fighting games, you can put counter hit on, you can put max meter. There's so many different things that you can do. But the easiest thing to do is to see what you're losing to, record that match, replay it, and then go into training mode and try not to lose to it. So stuff like that, if you're losing to something or something you don't understand, you have to put yourself in those situations in training mode and figure it out. And that's going to happen over and over and over again because a lot of these games, they're really deep. So it's almost like a never-ending thing that you're doing in fighting games. All right. That's all for the questions for 2020. We got a shout-out. I was going to shout-out pizza because everybody keeps talking about pizza in the Discord, but we decided... The shout out uh, new-ish FGC content creators. You brought up Adventure, obviously. My Leon Massey. Leon Massey. Yeah, all those guys that are doing good work this year with FGC content creation. Shout outs to you guys. 
and to Kazunoko for winning worlds for Dragon Ball Fighters. And I added there with Top Tanya UI Goku. Yep. Oh, man. All right, Broken. That's all we have. We've been recording for, I think, close to three hours or something like that. Before we get out of here, do you have anything you want to get off your chest on uh, this whole year that was 2020? Could be fighting games, could be non-fighting games. This year has been nothing but a shit show (laughs) from left, right, and center, dude. So here's hoping that 2021 sucks just a little less. I think I think 2021 is going to be better. I mean, it's going to have good fighting games, so at least I will be happy at playing something other than... Uh, I'm sorry. I just want to play something new. I want to play <laughs> something new. Soon, TM. But yeah, that's all I had for this podcast. Uh, Broken, my friend, you've saved me once again, coming in, co-hosting, and the uh, ever-rotating third chair. No problem. And uh, everybody that's listening, happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays to you too, Broken. Merry Christmas, all that jazz. Yeah, and happy holidays and uh, happy New Year to you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be celebrating a new year. We'll see you guys next year with episode 15. We don't know who the hosts are going to be, but there will be an episode 15. <laughs> it might be Broken and Pringle. might be Pringle and I. might be Broken and I. Who knows? We might even do a special all three of us. Like uh, one time, I think it was Felonious Monk who suggested to do the uh, the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Yep. Well, we'll make it work. Uh, either way, Broken, they can find you at, it was BrokenWing777 underscore, underscore on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. And your Twitch is what? The, just BrokenWing777. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, well, thank you to all the Patreon supporters who support the show. Appreciate everybody who leaves nice reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. It's been a fun ride. 14 or 15 weeks, whatever we've been been on. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys next year. Peace out, y'all. Bye.